I'm here. Hey, guy. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Yeah, thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We have as our guest today, Tim Fiore, who is the chair of the ISM Manufacturing Business Survey Committee in this Institute for Supply Management's Report on Business series that we do on the first business day of every month at 12 noon. So, Lou, Tim is going to go over the ISM Manufacturing Report, which looks excellent this month. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, Tim is uh, doing a great job of keeping uh, things going. I think this is the seventh uh, month uh, that we have uh, uh, very positive growth. So uh, why don't we let the man tell us all about it? Tim, give us your overview of what's going on, and then we'll dive into the report. Yep. Hey, uh, another really good month, I think. Uh, we eased a little bit from October, but it's still the second highest number in the last 12 months. If not, I was just checking here. Let's see. Second highest number since, oh, geez, going way back. I mean, we're back in 2018, right? Yeah. 20, November of 18, we had a 58.8. So since that point in time, last month we had a 59.3, this month a 57.5. So, that's 25 months, two years, second highest number in two years. So, hey, a good yeah, month. I mean, demand good. was good. What's that, Lou? Yeah, I said that's a, those are terrific numbers. Yeah, that yeah sure is, number. sure is. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, really strong demand, uh, strong consumption, uh, input restricted still. I mean, suppliers are continuing to struggle. So you want me to kind of take you through it all? Please. All right. So, you know, new order is 65.1, really good number, uh, supported by new export uh, orders at 57.8, grew for the fifth straight month. That's really positive. We've got international partners that are buying our product. Excellent. Very good. Uh, customer inventory is still way too low at 63. I think it's the fourth straight month of under 40. So we're not really making any headway on filling shelves, which is good for the future. Uh, and backlog ending up at 56.9, so the backlog grew again. Uh, you know, it's not overwhelming at, at 60 or anything, but 56.9 is a pretty good number, uh, up from 55.7. You know, three, four months ago, it was 54.6, so we're making steady progress on the backlog. So, hey, demand was really good. Um, on the consumption side, production number at 60, nearly 61. Uh, you know, another good month. That's, uh, you know, anything north of 55 is, is pretty strong. Uh, employment contracted slightly at 58.4, and uh, I'll get into that uh, a little bit later on because I think in the end that definitely is not a reflection of the fact that they don't need the people. It's a reflection of the fact that they can't get the people or keep the people. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. And then on the input side, supplier deliveries continue to expand. It's almost 62 again, uh, been you know, steadily getting worse and worse. Uh, inventories remained a decent level of growth at 51.2, up from 50, uh, flat from 51.9 last month, but still expanding slightly. I think that's a 
reflection of the fact that suppliers are continuing to struggle. So, an uh, imports at 55 relax a little bit, and there's some port problems. Uh, this is usually a pretty big month for imports for the holiday season. Uh, you know, I think the reason the import number is down is because the ports are really struggling with with processing material and getting it to the point of need. So, you know, so I, I think the the message is that, um, and if, if you look at the comments, if you look at the supplier delivery number, you look at the employment number. It's it's more around labor, direct labor. We, from the beginning here, uh, we've struggled a bit with suppliers being able to staff appropriately and keep people showing up for work every day. And uh, that, in large part, is why the supplier delivery number has been so high for so long. And then it transitioned into transportation difficulties, not only because of the increased demand for expedited freight, uh, but also the fact that a lot of your truck drivers are, you know, Late career, you know, think 52 uh, to 65, and they tend to be a pretty susceptible piece of the population here to the virus. So we've been struggling with transportation. That even got worse in the month of November compared to October, uh, with no signs really of abating as long as the demand stays relatively strong. And I think now the labor issue has moved into the uh, panelist companies. Uh, they, you know, we expanded slightly in October. We were contracting slightly in November, and I think that's a reflection of the fact that we cannot attract people uh, and we're having trouble retaining them, and the absenteeism rates are pretty high. So, And that's supported by the fact that you know I, I track comments, and the, the comments on the employment side, I've been watching those now for quite some time. We had seven positive comments, meaning seven comments about hiring and looking for people versus one uh, layoff and furlough. And uh, that's better up from last month, which was four to one. So more and more of our panelist companies are struggling hiring people. Uh, and, and I think that's a positive. So you see that employment number and you think, okay, there's an easing here of demands. Uh, we're contracting our workforce. That's really not what it is. It's the, it's the fact that, you know, we're having trouble getting people to show up to work. And, you know, you look at these outrageous numbers, daily numbers of people testing positive, and uh, it, it kind of makes sense. Those are those are real numbers that you see on the TV, but in the end, they translate into people being able to go to work and people being willing to go to work um, and people not having to self-quarantine because they were exposed to somebody. I mean, there's some outrageous numbers that pretty much every uh, manufacturing community, if you look back into the summer, you know, a handful of people tested positive. Now you're looking at dozens, you know, on a, on a daily or a weekly basis. So and with no real end in sight in the near term, obviously the vaccine is a big positive. Uh, our report doesn't so much re really reflect that, uh, the widespread availability of vaccines in January. But, you know, they're, they're not going to hit the general population and, until probably late spring. So uh, somehow we need to get through the next six months and, and continue to, continue to support the demand. I mean, I, I think I've said August was the first pure month of manufacturing operations, meaning that we, you know, we started back up, we dusted off the shelves, we put the partitions up, we established the, uh, the manufacturing process again using social distancing, and we're, we're continuing to struggle in, in maintaining a, a decent rate of growth here, uh, primarily because more and more people are being infected. That's, that's, the, that's the summary, I think, of the report for November. There are two uh, points that I'd like to uh, delve a little deeper into. Uh, the customer inventory, where it's at uh, 36 and change, um, 
I think anyone who sees the report has to understand that that's, that's really a good number, meaning that somewhere along the line, customers are going to have to buy inventory. Is that yeah. not the case? Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, yeah, I love that number being low. Yeah, I mean, yeah. take I mean, it been, 10, you know. Well, it's been, <laughs> I mean, it's been below 40 for four straight months, and that's a, and we right. haven't seen that in at least a dozen years. So that, that really right. says, okay, we got a lot of production output to, to get that number to move up because the new order rates continue to come in, right? Yes, And does. we're producing at a pretty uh, decent output. So, I mean, the output's not bad. The output's pretty good. The the other point that I wanted to bring out also uh, to question you on is about regarding uh, imports, uh, particularly from uh, Asia. Uh, aside from the, the tariff, which is still an annoying uh, factor uh, as a result of this last uh, uh, administration, and frankly, I don't know how much the new administration is going to do about that, at least any time soon. It seems as though uh, uh, President-elect Biden is going to have his hands full for some time to come. He's not going to be able to do all the things he wants to do on day one. But regarding imports, uh, the shipping lines have cut back on the number of ships, uh, and then the Manufacturers overseas are having trouble getting goods out the door because they don't have the ships. Um, there's a company that uh, we know of, a company called Matson, who uh, is a they go from the west coast to Asia and back and forth, and uh, they have virtually nothing going to Asia, so they're taking empty ships shipping it to China, Japan, Vietnam, and so on, and they come back, you know, full. But then when they go back, they go back empty. So their pricing now has tripled within the last uh, 60 days. So there's a, a serious problem on top of the tariffs that exist that the uh, freight haulers are going to be charging, uh, like I said, three times as much as they typically have been. Um, do you have any insight into that, uh, Timothy? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a, there's a rush to get containers that are in the U.S. back to Asia to fill them up and bring them over. I think the average cost for a TE was like 4300 bucks, which is – a pretty decent price. I've seen the same information you have about not having enough containers to export food products and things because they don't want to leave them sitting on the ground for a couple of weeks. They want to get them back. Indicates that there's a strong demand to pull product into the U.S. Uh, Saw something the other day, maybe this morning, indicates that the uh, L.A. and Long Beach port is seeing about a 17% increase in inbound cargo year over year, which is pretty impressive. Um, and we ended yeah. last year on pretty much a down note. Q4 was not a really strong manufacturing period. You could kind of feel the end coming, and then you know we got shoved over the cliff there when the virus hit. But uh, yeah, that's that's a large part of the, the the problem that we're having here is on the transportation side, whether it be port congestion or uh, road freight availability. I mean, it's it's showed up all over our comments, and uh, you know I, I track the transportation comments, and they're up about 15% compared to, to uh, 
to October. So it's it's not getting better; mm-hmm. it's getting worse. Uh, you know, yeah. you're you're at that period of time here where a lot of I mean, October and November are big input months, right? Because you're you're getting ready really for the for the season. Maybe starts to wane. You got the uh, Lunar New Year coming that affects all of Asia. I think it's going to be in February this year, so that's probably why they're trying to get containers back so that uh, they can mm-hmm. you know fill them up and get them on the water by you know, late January, early February. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's uh, hey, overall everything is good. Nine of our ten sub-indexes were in positive territory. The only one that wasn't was really employment, and I mean it didn't contract strongly. And like I said, the reason it's down is not because uh, a lack of need. It's the lack of ability to get people to show up and and uh, and work. And it started at our sub suppliers. That's why the supplier delivery number has been so difficult. And and now it's carried all the way over into our uh, panelist companies. Correct, correct. Uh, and there are people who are uh, working remotely, um, uh, which in some cases actually works out very well. Uh, our our other company, All Metals and Forge Group, uh, we do have uh, uh, mostly remote working, uh, except for the manufacturing side, but the administrative uh, QA uh, and um, you know other administrative functions account, everybody's working from home. And frankly, it works well. It really works well. Yeah, I saw a number and- I saw a number last week, I think, that indicates that uh, of the office workforce, uh, about 20% are reporting to work. 18 to 20% are reporting to an office. The rest are still working from home. Right, right. But it's working real well. And what we, we have done here is that once a month, uh, our uh, office building that we maintain those particular functions um, is not in a, a high-rise building that's on stilts, and once a month we get everybody to come to work at 9:30 in the morning. Uh, we have a coffee and donuts in the parking lot for about an hour and a half, and just to get uh, you know back to seeing people. And uh, you know, it's it's really amazing after seven or eight months. Uh, you know, see, some people have lost weight. Some people have gained weight. Some people have lost hair. Uh, some people have gotten very quiet. Uh, there's all kinds of little things that uh, we pick up on, but they enjoy getting together for an hour and a half once a month, and uh, uh, we enjoy doing it. And uh, you know, just to show and thanking everybody for the work that they have been doing, and, that, and that's what. Uh, I think that's what employers need to do. They need to be thankful to their employees uh, and thankful that many of them or most of them are not getting sick. Yeah. yeah. I think last week was Employee Appreciation Week. Oh, is that right? I didn't we, see, I didn't yeah, yeah, I think it was last. Yeah, I think it was last week. It was for, yeah, we, we did a lot at, uh, at my employer to, to make sure we appreciate everything that the people are doing. I mean, you know, not only the—I mean, the frontline workers—you you can see it. There's a lot of bonuses being paid. I think Amazon made a big announcement about two or three hundred million dollars are going to pay to their workers through the holiday periods to continue to show up. I think that goes back to the uh, the whole issue about you know people coming in. And you know, you know, keep in mind—I don't know what's what's the daily rate of infections at this point. I—I I, I'm not really watching it that close anymore, but it's it's, it's an ungodly a, it's high, a high number. number. High number. Yeah. So. 
so think about it. I mean, when this thing whole start, this whole thing started, there was a rule of thumb that said for every person who's affected, three to five other people have been exposed. Yeah. So, so take that number and multiply times four. Those are the amount of people that uh, on a daily basis have to self-quarantine and then assume that maybe half of them do. And now you have an understanding for why people are having trouble getting people to show up to work. And there, there may even be a connection here with the unemployment numbers. I mean, our, the unemployment numbers have stubbornly stuck at around 750,000 every week. And uh, you know, the total unemployed, are, they're, they're hanging about 20 million. Uh, and I see that for the first time, the last couple of weeks, the number hasn't moved. And, you know, you got to wonder whether some of those numbers are being driven by the infection rates and not so much about lack of work, the infection rates and people are having to self-quarantine and how many of them are applying for unemployment. Well, you sure can't go look for a job when you're being quarantined. So I don't know if they're even paying unemployment to those people. Yeah, yeah right. Well, that's a, that's the a question. I mean, that, it's an interesting question. If you can't come to work. You're essentially laid off. Right? That's no, right. No, we can't. You can't. You know, you're essentially laid off. And when you're laid off, it's not for cause. So it's almost like, okay, you go on workman's comp, or that's only if you really contract it in the workplace. So I'm, I'm right. wondering whether some uh, of that's feeding the unemployment numbers. It could be interesting, something to look into. Mm. Right. So, so where do you think this is? You, Luna, you and I are probably headed in the same direction. Uh, I'm just so. wondering, Tim, if your report or the upcoming December uh, semiannual forecast gives us any indication of where we are in relation to pre-COVID levels. You know, are we 70% of the way there? Are we 90% of the way there? Or do you have any idea of that from the reporting that you're doing, Tim? Uh, we're collecting the information on the semi-annual now. I think the, the, uh, the survey is being released now. We wanted to wait until after the election so we didn't have any election interference in, in people's projections. Uh, and that's kind of clear now. We won't have the data until mid-January uh, for reporting purposes. But I think, uh, you know, based on the other public information coming out, we're, it's single digits, you know, from Q4. So, uh, you know, we, the, the overall you know, the industries have responded pretty well. Obviously, oil and gas are still hurting. That's our number five industry sector. Uh, commercial construction uh, is still hurting. Uh, both of those, uh, I think the oil and gas will respond well when people start going back into the office. I don't think it will fully recover until people start to fly. I think about uh, 10 or 15% of the uh, U.S. annual consumption of uh, oil goes into air, aircraft flying. I don't think that the, the traveling community is going to really get back to where it was if it does until 2022. So, and, and that'll impact our transportation sector, primarily in commercial air, aerospace. So, you know, we, we, we know the industries that are really hurting. I, you know, I think that we're still looking at a bad time for the uh, restaurant and entertainment. I'm, I'm hoping that by the time we hit the summer, the summer activities, the entertainment, the outdoors, there's uh, some amount of that coming back. Uh, you know, good news in November. I, I think I said in October that we November was going to be a weird month because, you know, we have the uh, election occurring and the uncertainties around that. Well, fortunately, as we're closing the month of November, we now know that we have a different administration coming in, and we kind of know what that's going to look like. 
Uh, so at least we have a, a bit of assurance on that. And that during that month, uh, you know, three three companies I think announced that they're ready for uh, interim approvals of their vaccines. And there's been a lot of talk yeah. and a lot of information out there. Every state has submitted a distribution program, and uh, Operation Warp, Warp Speed has that. They're allocating the amount of vaccines that they have available now through the end of the year. And you know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really Herculean effort to get it all out. But we've we got a vaccine coming, so, uh, and, and you guys know who's getting it first. So you know, to, to really get that broad herd immunity, it needs to get out to almost everybody. And I don't think we're going to see that happen until the summertime. So we, we've got to go, you know, six, seven months here, uh, just continuing to deal with, with increasing rates of infection. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know what stops it at this point. The numbers are so high. There's no way that you can contact trace your way out of this, which kind of it, makes, it, makes you wonder whether the administration is going to continue to, the new administration will continue to try to do this and just cross their fingers and, and hope for that vaccine or whether they're going to do something different. Well, I think at some point we're going to start seeing uh, the stats and statistics in regards to uh, the medical world uh, in your uh, the ISM's new hospital PMI report that I think the first one came out uh, last month, um, and uh, we actually have a show uh, on December 7th. It's going to be the first hospital PMI show that's going to be on uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, so that should be uh, interesting. Um, and, good. Uh, good. Yeah, uh, have you seen it? Uh, do you know anything about it? Oh, sure. Center? Yeah, I, I follow it. I, yep, I listen in on the conversations. Yep, Nancy does a fine job. Nancy Lamasters is a spokesperson. Looking forward to it. So, folks, that's on December uh, 7th. Uh, only uh, six days, not five days. I don't even know what day it is. That's part of the problem <laughs> with COVID. You don't know. You don't know the day. You know the date. You don't know the day. <laughs> Last night That's I had chilling. a hard time saying, is, is today going to be Monday or is it going to be Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. right. uh, Tim, you're coming out with Anthony Nieves in the semi-annual report. We'll actually be inter- interviewing uh, Anthony later in the week, probably Thursday. When does the semi-annual report come out, and uh, I guess we're going to have you on the show on that date? Yeah, I think it's probably mid-January at this point. We we wanted to make sure that we stayed clear of the election, so the panelists could really predict based on what they knew. So probably mid-January. Okay, okay. So uh, not December. We'll look forward to it in mid-January. It's always a great report, and as always, we encourage everyone to go to Institute for Supply Management.org to get these reports. Uh, great information, and it's just not something that I would pass up. Lou's been following for 40 years, and they've been consistent with his industry and his business, and they give him a fine indication of what's happening now and what could be happening uh, in the next month or two. So, Tim, uh, kudos to you and everyone at ISM for the excellent work that they've been doing for all the years they've been doing it. Yeah, I think ISM made a good call here to delay this because not only are we going to be removed from the election uncertainties, we, we now know that there's a vaccine coming too. 
Uh, and for several months, I mean, people have predicted that half two of 2021 will be stronger than half one. So now we'll be able to really see how they quantify that because we actually asked the question about the first half and the second half uh, in terms of revenue and other things. So, uh, you know, I think it's good that we cleared the decks and, and we've eliminated as much uncertainty as possible, which will allow the panelists to, to do the best job of predicting what 2021 is going to look like. So, so let me kind of let me kind of give you some other information here. So, the sentiment was pretty good. I mean, we had 2.5 to one positive comments and not so positive. That was up from 2.1 to one. Uh, there was a little bit more concern about ongoing demand. This is still a uh, this is really an input driven expansion, meaning that the inputs are restricting the overall growth. But and, I, and you know, I've been watching for the last four months how much of the comments are related to order book versus supplier input. And in the month of November, there was a little bit more order book comments than there were uh, than there were in the month of October, but it's still a, a supply restricted expansion uh, period. So, you know, I think I think uh, our prices were still strong. 65. The plastics remained on the list this month. Uh, prediction was that it would start to fall off, primarily because the hurricanes are behind us. But they may end up taking a couple of months to clear out that uh, lack of inventory and for chemical plants to, to stand back up. The chemical sector, uh, you know, did a pretty good job of expanding. Um, in terms of industry sectors, Lou, you'll be happy to hear this. Fabricated metal products was our best performer again this month. Uh, yeah, I love and that. Chemicals, that's, that's good, huh? I mean, we had a pretty good yeah. performance. And, you know, you, you can see it with steel prices. I mean, they're, they're up again. Uh, I mean, think think north of 60, right? Fabricated metal products. That was, yeah. you know, new orders yeah. are strong. Yeah. Uh, supplier deliveries are a big problem. The mills are struggling. We had a lot of comments about mills. I uh, I, I checked the uh, mill utilization in the U.S. and it's over 70. It's been steadily climbing for the last four or five months. That to me means that there's, you know, there's real demand out there for steel. The uh, the price of steel is in the 740 range. Uh, nominal price should be about 640. So. Uh, and that's a, and that's without any tariffs on it either, right? So that's that's really a normal that that shows that steel is growing in in uh, price because people have a demand for it. From an industry sector side, uh, you know, chemicals, computers did pretty well again, softened slightly from October. Uh, chemicals expanded very slightly from October. Uh, that was our number two sector, I think. Chemicals, yep, chemicals number two. And remember, there are our number two uh, industry sector overall. The transportation equipment sector, our number three sector, softened slightly. You know, I think a couple of a couple of points back and off, but still expanding. Uh, you know, north of 50, not not 52, something better than that. And the food and beverage was probably the biggest uh, disappointment. Uh, it has been our uh, nearly our, well, it was our number one up till October for uh, many many months, and. It fell off pretty strongly uh, in the month of November, uh, almost 10 points on its own, and uh, in large part on the employment side, so uh, and the production output. So something's happening there. The two the, the two surprises I think were uh, food beverage falling off so uh, significantly. That's our number four sector. If it hadn't fallen off so bad, you probably would see a half a point or more on the PMI. And then uh, petrol and coal is continuing to contract. And although there are signs of life there, there's more uh, wells coming online, very small amount. 
um, like I said, it's still a damage industry until people start commuting to work again and people start flying. So um, price of a barrel of oil is up a little bit, but it's not. I mean, we're you see it in the news all the time, Chevron and Exxon and all the work that they're having to do to kind of shore up their, their balance sheet. So those are the two big surprises for the month of November. Food and beverage falling off pretty significantly and petro and coal uh, contracting pretty strongly. Well, all, all in all, uh, some of this is uh, a wait and see, and uh, others are really excellent numbers taking into account uh, uh, the, the, uh, the issues of this year. Uh, I'm, frankly, I'm looking forward to 2021, and let's get over this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to half two of 2021 because I just don't know what, I mean, this continuing ex- escalation of uh, infections with no real end in sight. I mean, a lot of your your, uh, your governors, your metropolitan areas now are taking steps uh, in concert. Maybe they'll be able to get this thing under control, but there's no flattening. Nobody's even talking about a flattening of the curve this time. It's just continues to go up. So and we're in the, in the holiday periods, the impacts of Thanksgiving aren't seen yet. They'll soon start to show up, and then Christmas will be behind it. So January and February, I think, are going to be difficult months. And I, I think this is it's not only the virus affecting, you know, consumption, the, the ordering side. It's now seriously affecting the entire supply chain from an output standpoint. And, and, and I don't know how that ends, you know, unless, unless you somehow flatten this curve and bring it down. Well, and you won't really see that until the vaccine shows up. The other issue about that <clears throat> involving the vaccine is that the populace, uh, approximately 30, 35% of the populace say they're not going to take the vaccine. So it's kind of hard. I mean, they say that now. Who knows, you know, in two, three, six months from now, they may be begging for the uh, vaccine. But uh, right now they're saying 30, 35% they're not going to take it. So that's going to put a kind of a nail in the coffin, so to speak, with regards to getting rid of the, the COVID virus. Well, you know, I think there's, there's, and rightly so, there's probably real concern on the, 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 the child side, developmental children's side, you know, pre-18. Sure. Uh, right. you know, and, and if I was 35 or 40, I might, you know, really be concerned about it. At this point in my life, I, I, could, see the, I could see the horizon. I'm not worried about side effects or or long-term impacts. I'll probably just take it so I can get <laughs> mobile again. <laughs> yeah, right. Why not? We could all go out and enjoy it. Um, you know, what's going to happen Jim, is thank you're you. probably, yeah, you're probably going to be carrying a card, right? You're going to be carrying a card, and they're not going to let you into places unless you've had a vaccination. I, I, yeah, I, that I wouldn't probably, surprise me at all. That's, that's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. Actually, that's an excellent idea. That's an excellent yeah. idea. Uh, right. and, but that I don't know where you're going to go into because restaurants are still going to be closed. <laughs> well, no, they'll be open to people who've gotten the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, great report. Maybe. We'll see. Great, great report. Um, I'm looking forward to March. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the March report. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, Jim, thank you. January, February, 
You already told us January, February is going to be kind of weird. Well, yeah, it's be I, I think the administration has to make some difficult decisions here. They're going to, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure why the new guy is inheriting the old guy's stuff. So we'll, we'll see what all that means. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, manufacturing has done its part for the, for the economy. I, I'm, I'm pleased to see uh, Chairman Yellen is going to join the Treasury Department. Her and Chairman Powell what should be a you know, dynamite group. pair. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. Uh, they, they both know what needs to be done, and both of them are willing to do it. So that's really positive. I think, uh, yeah, we gotta we got to hunker through some more of this. I, I think the, you know, they've, they've been saying that because of the Thanksgiving holiday. We had, what, 3 million people fly, which is well less than what normal, but that's still three times what normal has been flying. So, yeah. Okay, guys. Well, great. Thank well, good conversation. 737's back. The Max is back. Max is back. We just need people to get on them. Yeah, that's right. right. Bad time. Well, Tim, thanks for the thanks for the update. Uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward to uh, two reports next month, which will be the the uh, first of the month, and then probably mid month for the semi annual forecast. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You stay well and good holiday. Yeah, you too. Enjoy your Christmas vacation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And we've been speaking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's report on business on manufacturing. Uh, on Thursday, we'll have Anthony Nieves with us for the services report on the service sector, which is the larger of the two. But uh, manufacturing is probably driving 30 to 35 percent of the economy. And we invite you to come to mfgtalkradio.com to find this episode. And while you're surfing the web, go to jacketmediaco.com for our other podcasts, the WAM podcast, which is Empowering Women in Manufacturing and Business, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, uh, Where's Willie with William Miller, uh, Full Time with Amy Nicholas, and Hazard Girls about women in non-traditional fields. And Lou, what else have we got? A hospital PMI, the new report from the ISM. The first show is going to be on December 7th uh, at, uh, I don't even know if we have a time, at 12 o'clock. 12 I was, just give, I was just giving the word in my ear. Uh, so it's 12 o'clock on the 7th, and uh, I'm curious at what that report is going to be all about. And... Uh, Hope that you're all curious enough to join that as well. So I just wanted to get squeeze that in. And that wraps us up for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.